G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. As you know, from time to time, we like to get a spotlight on our near neighbours to the north. I'm talking about the nation of Indonesia. Population around about 270 million people, predominantly a Muslim nation. But within the Muslim nation of Indonesia, you might be surprised that the numbers of Christians, numbers somewhere close to around 29 million, which is more than our population of people in Australia. Well, a wonderful opportunity today to link in and to glean some good things from Paulos Wiratno. He's founder of Dian Mandiri Radio Network in Indonesia. Paulus, welcome to Australia. Thank you for having me. Paulus, take us into your story here as we get underway, because uh, at one stage you were the principal of a Bible college. Yes. And uh, you had some quite harrowing experiences uh, that led you into doing some things with media. Give us your story here. Yeah, it's uh, going back to 1999 uh, when there was a war in Ambon Island and I was running Bible school and I got a short notice from my friend saying, Paulus, you move from your Bible school now because the jihadi are marching toward your Bible school. There was a war and I had a very short time to prepare telling my student and I said, if something happened, we hide to the jungle. 1 a.m., the bomb exploded in uh, the chapel in one of the house of uh, my faculty, and everybody ran to the jungle. But my wife couldn't move because she was in a panic, fear situation. So I asked somebody, please grab my children, especially Irene, four years old daughter, and run. So I carried Debbie, 10 years old, and somebody grabbed Irene. And then when we arrive in the middle of the jungle, I want to make sure everybody's still alive. So I call name by name. I miss two, Irene and one of the students. That was the hardest time in my life as a father. For four hours, I was searching for Irene and I was crying. Literally, I cry. I wept. And then I pray. And then I went and trying to find Irene. I fell down next to a river and I heard Irene was crying. So when I met Irene, I hugged Irene, this is daddy. And that time, I got revelation. Being lost is bad. But having somebody you love, loss is worse. All of a sudden, I understand where God sent his only son to this earth. And that time, I had a commitment with my wife. The rest of my life is telling the good news to the lost. That's why we start radio station. And so a crisis event, yes. uh, almost a tragic event, uh, bombs going off, uh, needing to hide in the jungle, uh, the fear of losing your family and yeah. having lost family members. And something happens in a moment yes. where you say, we need to do something in media yes. so that the people that are putting up with uh, all of this tragic war 
can actually understand what it is to be found, to have a new life, to understand what it is to be a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, that's exactly. That's the revelation that I got, that time is short. We need to find a way how to broadcast the good news to make people understand and find Jesus. And the best way is radio station. And so how long between that crisis and the formation of that very first radio station, because uh, um, listeners might be excited to know that this has grown into a radio network uh, across Indonesia and uh, with wonderful values based in a biblical Christian foundation. How long to get that first one up and going? It's amazing how God uh, like organized thing. You know, like two years after that, I moved to Bali as a refugee. And then there was a big meeting in Bandung, West Java, for radio ministry. And in the morning when I was having breakfast, sat next to me a man by the name John Brewer from HCGB, radio ministry from U.S. And he asked me, why you are here? I said, I want to learn radio ministry because I want to have radio station. And he said, how many stations do you want? I said, seven. <laughs> and then he said, okay, Paulus, I'm here because we want to help you set up radio station. In two years, we set up seven FM station. That's the beginning. And it's grown to how many today? Now, we have 54 FM station all over Indonesia from uh, Mentawai Island or from Sumatra Island to Papua. And I think we have like 46 million potential listeners. If everybody in that uh, covering listen to our station, we have huge, huge potential listeners. For listeners who are used to our brand of Christian radio, and I know you won't have had a chance on your stay in Australia to listen widely to the sort of things that people are listening to on Christian radio here, but how do you see the differences? What's different about broadcasting into an Indonesian audience to what we might be doing listening today to this conversation? You know, we choose an island when there is no radio station. There's the first priority target to set up radio station, like Rote Island. Our Rote Island radio is the only radio at that time. So, and then we gave away a solar radio to people. So people listen to our radio. And until now, they're still listening to our radio ministry because that's the only entertainment in the island. And a lot of people listening, like uh, the impact of the radio is very real. Uh, when I had a meeting, like a listener's meeting, uh, there's a time when 7,000 people came to like a, a football stadium or like uh, yeah, football or soccer stadium. And we just said, hey, we have a listener's meeting, people coming. And uh, the impact is amazing. Like one village or one district that uh, listening to our station, the leader of the district said, thank you for the radio. Because after listening to your station, 40% of the men who used to be uh, drunker, now they stop drinking. So that's the impact of the station. It's an immediate impact and it changes the lifestyle of people who are listening. Now, we might all appreciate that in some parts of Indonesia, uh, it's easier than in other parts yes. to be open with Christian faith uh, because of the... Uh, the Muslim nature of the nation. 
So how does the good news fit into uh, some of those lifestyle change messages that you might bring to communities? Yeah, this is our strategy. Usually uh, we broadcast Christian song, Christian teaching, family teaching with a biblical value uh, from 5 to 8 in the morning. And then after that, we have a general program like news and everything. And then from 6 o'clock to 11, there's another Christian program. We have a program that people like call sharing and prayer. In that moment, from 9 to 11, you will receive a call or even text message from many different people, the Hindus, the Muslim, the Buddhist. Uh, if you sit down in our uh, station, you will hear a voice like that. Oh, I'm a Hindu, so I'm Muslim. I believe you're Jesus. Please pray for my family. So people are very receptive. They, they open for the good news, especially when it comes to prayer. That's amazing and so humbling to hear that because in one sense, as you and I will agree, it's God who yes. opens the opportunity for those people to listen and the fact that you have contact with them and you hear that they're coming from a Hindu or a Buddhist background, uh, that is so encouraging. Now, you also run 12 orphanages and yeah. you've got a retirement village for pastors. How does all that fit into your Man, ministry? Man, this has come along together with what's happening. When we moved to Bali from the war zone, actually, uh, I have uh, neighbors who always play with his son playing soccer. And I, I was jealous, you know, I have two girls already. I said to my wife, I want a boy. I want a boy. So we work hard, <laughs> my wife pregnant, but she miscarried after two weeks. And we went to a doctor and the doctor said, if everything is right, your son or your daughter, your child will be born in the 1st of May, 2001, when we went to a doctor for consultation. But after the uh, miscarriage, I said, maybe not the will of God. It's okay. I said to my wife, it's okay with two girls. This is what happened. In 2001, Wednesday morning, first week of May, my wife got a call from a woman, a girl, saying, do you want baby boy? And my wife came to me, hey, somebody want to give you baby boy. Do you want baby boy? I said, let me pray. So I prayed. The first word that came to me was the word from the doctors. First week of May. 2001. That must be God appointment. You know, I said to my wife, let's see the baby. So we saw the babies two days old. And I said, that's my son. Let's take him home. So we take him home. I adopted him. Two weeks later, we got another call. Do you still want baby? Three weeks, we got another one. Do you still want baby? So in two years, we rescue 16 babies. So that's the beginning of Mercy Indonesia that now we have 12 mercy homes, 16 children's centers, and one uh, elderly home or retirement village. Mercy Indonesia. Indonesia. Now, for 16 years, you've also been podcasting messages to the community, and no doubt they're all being heard over the radio network. Uh, the podcast called Making Life Better. What sort of topics do you talk about? Yeah, basically it's a general topic, how to make life better. And of course, I use the Bible verses to encourage people, but mostly like how to handle stress. Uh, how about marriage? How about the daily life situation, daily life problem that we have? And it's amazing uh, the people that listen to that message is from different 
kind of a religion, and they love it. Uh, and until now, people love that program, making life better. So for listeners to connect with you, and undoubtedly, it would be wonderful, wouldn't it, if yes. there were some Australians who had you close to heart uh, in their prayers. And what a wonderful link that would be. Uh, great even alignment for Christian organisations in Australia. But how do people connect with you? Is it easy to do? Is there anything in uh, English language that people can can be able to connect with you on? Unfortunately, everything is in Indonesian, but I have application that uh, you can download from App Store or Play Store uh, called Making Life Better. And it's already more than 180,000 people downloaded uh, that application. So you have a way, especially if you want to uh, listen to Indonesian program Making Life Better is available for you. And for listeners, if they were to Google Dian Mandiri, Mandiri. Um, I, that's D-I-A-N-M-A-N-D-I-R-I. Yeah. If they were to Google Dian Mandiri, they might find a web yeah. presence and uh, make some connection there. Well, we've been talking with Paulus Wiratno. He's the founder of Dian Mandiri, a radio network in Indonesia. That podcast is called Making Life Better. You might want to have a listen in there too. But Paulus, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you for having me. God bless you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 